Hello, and welcome to Alive or Just Blethering, a podcast where two 30-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Chris Lavender, and with me is my fellow host, Keith McLeod. Today on Alive or Just Blethering, I'd like to talk about the Richard D. James album by Aphex Twin. Finally, on an Aphex Twin album, and that's all I have to say about this, love. What the hell? <laughs> we had to rip the bandage off on this one. Oh, it was a re- it was a really big bandage, man. Like it was a cast. It was a cast. It was a very small bandage. It was Thirty-two minutes long of just just genius, just genius in a bottle. And I couldn't, oh. I, I couldn't come on this podcast with my head held high that I have talked about the music that I found and loved growing up without talking about an Aphex Twin album, let alone this Aphex Twin album. I am really interested as to what you have to say about this because I am really interested in what anyone has, or if anyone has anything to say about this album. But we'll get there, will we? I think so. It's definitely a bit off the beaten, off off the, uh, off piste, shall we say, um, from what we usually discuss. And sure. I am 100% out of my depth when it comes to discussing 90s rave culture. <laughs> no, sure. We, we're both, I mean, we're 30-somethings, but we're not borderline 40 to 50-somethings. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're even, we're even, we're a bit too young for that. But I'm quite happy to talk about how this came to be, how, how I, this, this fell into my crosshairs. And how it left, what kind of impression it left on me. I'm quite happy to talk about that with you for the next wee while. Well, welcome to the listeners. Thanks very much for coming back. If this is your your first time to the pod, welcome. We're taking a bit of a different turn, like Lav said. We're not we're not discussing metal. We're not discussing pop punk or or anything else. We're going to talk about a very niche time in our lives where this might have been relevant. But if uh, if you're interested in Aphex Twin, if you're interested in, in, in the pod or at all, give us a shout at AOGB Podcast on Instagram or Twitter. I think that's all we need to pump at the moment. Like there's still the YouTube, but there's still nothing new on the YouTube. Fair enough. That's that's on we'll we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. Give us a shout, give us a holler, let us know what you think, what's your opinion on, on Aphex Twin and why haven't you listened to Idle Wild yet? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a shame. That's a really good episode. I would highly recommend everyone listen to that album and then have a listen to our episode if you're um if you are looking for something to do for an hour. Very much so. But let's get into it, Lav. And you've brought 1997's Richard D. Anderson, James. R- Richard D. James. I don't know. I keep on thinking of Richard. R- James. James. James Anderson. Is he not an actor from Stargate? No. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of MacGyver. Yeah. But he's it was Richard something. I'm sure his name is just Richard Anderson. Oh, we're going to have to you, divert. You look that up while I'm going <laughs> to... I'll, I'll give you the rundown on how... Sort of, I'll, I'll take it back to... I'm going to mention your least favourite music video. Okay, yep, yep, great. Can't wait for that. And And that was sort of the first time I remember hearing them. Hearing Aphex Twin. Right, and of course we're referring to... Window liquor. Window liquor is a horrendous, horrifying, horrifying video for those who who are aware and those who aren't. Go watch it and you'll see what we mean. Yeah, I'm I'm just looking at it now actually, and I am having flashbacks. <laughs> That's grenades going off. You're in the you're in the foxhole, mate. Bring yourself. Okay. A- oh man, honestly, I'm just I'm just cowering my shovel. <laughs> Just me and my shovel, afraid of this. Of the, I was too young for that video. A lot of people must have been too young for that video. Quite possibly. So remember in the Idleworld episode, I mentioned that music channel. They used to do uh, top 10 of the most scary... It wasn't like scariest videos, but it was like, you know, like mind-bending, mind-altering sort of music. And this is at like five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. They would have on... And I remember number two was window liquor 
And number three was that fucking All Saints song. And I don't know if that Never was... Never Have the... I Ever. No. It's oh. one where it's all like... It was the one where it was the, the video... The beach. That... Yeah. And it's all like yeah. it's all like night vision, black and white, but it's just their faces just coming at the video camera all the time. It's a bit of an overstatement. That wasn't particularly scary. I don't know if it was a bit of a piss take to put that on at number one. Like Number one? Window liquor's well more terrifying. <laughs> Especially at the end. But that was the first time that I sort of knew Apex Twin existed. So that would have been, what, we're talking 2000-ish? Sure. And it... And it was it was interesting to say the least, but I never really got much further into it at the time. It wasn't until the metal kicked in, and by this point, I was I was well into my you know my genre of choice was all the stuff we've basically talked about that was released between the year two thousand to two thousand and two. Right. Yeah. Sure. So so this was something completely off piste, even for me back in back in the you know early 2000s except for the fact that i think i've mentioned it a few times the place that i'm from it's not like a city and it's it was a very very small town and mm. what you end up getting in small towns is quite diverse house parties shall to put it politely diverse how well basically there's only very few drug dealers in the region <laughs> and they all seem to attract a mix of, of clientele uh-huh. so you would get on one side of it your goths i'll just call it just i'll just use the blanket term goth listening you know who listen to lincoln park and limp biscuit and yeah slipknot and then on the other side of it you'd get your what we would call chav we were called chavas or chavs as it was known in, in the rest chavs. of the chava with a v with an r chava it's a Wow. It means something totally different in the Northeast, but Chavs, Neds, if you're from Scotland, just your general non-educated delinquent. I love when I came to Scotland learning what Ned meant. I thought it was great. I, I think that was just made up though, right? Non-educated delinquent. It wasn't actually like a thing. Like It all sort of stems from Ned Kelly or something, doesn't it? Not a clue. Not a clue. But I loved right, it. when, okay. when As soon as it came up, it was like, oh, we call them Neds. And I was like, that's spot on. I like it. Makes sense. Chav, the best the best I ever heard for that was council housed and violent. Fair enough. That's a that, that's a paintbrush. <laughs> very, 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 very broad strokes here. The the house parties we would we would go to would attract these these types of people who listen to happy hardcore, your bonkers, your DJ Hicksies, that kind of stuff. Now I have to I have to openly and blatantly admit that yeah I, I was part of that sort of ninety six ninety seven I'm finishing primary school I'm going into high school and yeah if you didn't have like Bonkers three on tape Bonkers two Bonkers three maybe even up to Bonkers four then what were you really doing with your life Do you know what I mean like that 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 sort of stuff was was very prevalent and this is I suppose this is. This is just that confusing time where, like, maybe that justifies Apex Twin. It was that confusing time. But, you know, you're trying, you're, you're hearing something like Americana, and but then everyone else is sort of, maybe your older siblings or your peers or whatever are listening to stuff like Bonkers. Mm-hmm. But then you've, you're have you also, you're still hanging on to your Spice Girls and your, your Backstreet Boys. I can't believe it's weeks later and we're still on Spice Girls and Backstreet Boys. Well, this was, it was a very um, conf- confusing time for, for for your music development, for your, your sort of mental development, shall we say. You're very much finding the music you want, yeah. or the music that fits for you at this point in time, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I went on holiday when I was 11 years old, or maybe 12. So it would have been 98-ish. And I had a tape player, so this is before I had a mini-disc player. And before I had a CD player, I had a yep. tape player. And I went on holiday, and my the tapes that I had, now 29, double. So that was a double. There, there we go. There's there's two hours, you know, there's three hours of music for the for the car journey. No bother. Which bonkers was it that went to, that had three tapes? Do you remember the, the long, like, triple deck 
I do. Here's a question for you. I do remember the like the, the paddle, the paddle of tapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had so I had now twenty nine. I had another double which was called like just some generic dance music compilation from like the early nineties that my next door neighbor's daughter donated to me because she was like ten years older than me. Cute. There was a de- there was Def Leppard Vault, which we spoke about during <laughs> Americana. I can't wait for you to bring out a Def Leppard album like to the pod. It'd be Vault. If I was going to bring any, it would be the fucking greatest hits album because I thought that was an album at the time. Yeah, that was a greatest hits. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. And then I had a 30 minute, it was literally 15 minutes per side. DJ, I'm sure it was DJ Hixie, but it could have been anybody. It literally could have been anyone of just happy hardcore. And for the entire, for an entire journey from like, not, you know, north of Durham down to wherever we were going on holiday, usually like somewhere, whether it was Nottingham or Wales or up in Scotland. And literally that was the tape that just got played on repeat. I just kept turning it over. Oh, your dad must have hated you. I just I had my headphones on. All oh, right, okay. I, I was, right. So I was, this is your Walkman, right? Okay. I'm in my Walkman. I'm in my zone. And this was me. And I, So I'd have a Game Boy and my fucking Happy Hardcore playing. Well, it was... I'm looking at it now. It was Hixie, Sharky and Dougal. I think the first two bonkers... I'm looking at Bonkers 3. I think the first two were just only Hixie and Sharky. And then when Dougal came in. This is so niche. No one's got a fucking clue what we're talking about. Nah, nah. Anyone, but, anyone who is who who survived the circles that we were in will know exactly what you mean. Yeah, but how many of those people listen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's very this is a British this is a British upbringing. So the Oh, this is this is this is British teenagerness at its max. Like if uh, if if you're ever, if 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 you're if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, just Google like bonkers mix three or bonkers like dance music or something, and you will hear the absolute drum and bass garbage that we are referring to. Like this stuff is makes me cringe these days. Oh yeah, I can't listen to it now, but I can listen to FX Twin. Right, we're getting there. We're getting so, there. So is- you've. We've had window liquor. We're we're we know you've you're into your sort of dance music a, a bit, and you've got this happy hardcore bonkers stuff. How do we get to the Richard Dean Anderson, which was the the Stargate? <laughs> Dean actor. Anderson is that what it was, right? We're close the guy over Richard Dean Anderson. How did you get to Richard D James? So I met a friend through through going to gigs down in in Middlesbrough, and he was his music tastes were just would blow my mind he would just talk about all these hardcore bands he that he'd heard of of that i was like fucking i have no idea um so he he told me about like so the same person that told me that johnny truant as a band existed Mm -hmm. also told me you need to listen to fx twin and i was like i've tried i've looked it up but there's so many albums and i where do i start and he just and he was like just fucking pick one and I picked Richard yeah. D. James. Right, okay. And it was that moment when I listened to it that I was like, this is just so different to anything that has crossed my palate. So, in... so where are we? Are we in two thousand are we in are we in the nineties or are we crossing the two thousands here? We must be into two thousand and two by this point. Right, okay. So this album's been around for, for five years. Oh yeah, I did this was not one I picked up on release. Yeah. This sure, was sure, sure, sure. I would have done what I normally do. I've gone on Napster, typed in Aphex Twin, and downloaded whatever is labelled as Aphex Twin. Yeah. And I think of the Richard D. James album, I had the Girl Boy song, Cornish Acid, and four. So I had track one, track two, and like track eleven or whatever it is, like near the end. And he told me you need to listen to, you know, these albums. Picked up Richard D. James, and never look back and it and it was one of these moments of you know we've been listening to you know, for the last four years my music tastes have, have been fucking parkour we've gone from <laughs> hixie spice girls def leopard <laughs> lincoln park offspring blink 182 slipknot deftones and then fx twin <laughs> like, we're obviously fuck. starting to come into a vibe though like we, we started to mellow out there lincoln park Deftones, Slipknot. There was definitely more of a a theme in that direction. But yeah, you've 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 thrown yourself a curveball by by going back into it or 
by coming into Aphex Twin. And that's where it comes to these house parties. So you would have the goths smoking weed in one corner, listening to whatever the latest heavy album was of the day. Yeah. And then you'd have the chavs in the other corner listening to your bonkers and stuff. And then there would just be this line in the middle. And this is where Aphex Twin came in for it for me. It was too mental for the chavs. They didn't enjoy it. Yeah, too out there. It was it was it was a bit crazy. It was you know there's, there wasn't a there wasn't like a thumping beat. There is don't get me wrong, there is, but there wasn't the same sort of like driving. I don't know if if anyone if anyone listens to Happy Hardcore has listened to Happy Hardcore. Oh, yeah, like uh, yeah. If this is if Apex Twin is Lincoln Park, then Happy Hardcore is. Uh, death metal like, <laughs> yeah like is Norwegian black metal yeah it's so it's so far yeah. removed so so far removed yet and then at the same time all the the metal heads it was too jungle it was too dance music for them yeah and for some reason based on what I'd been listening to for the past four or five years this just made sense to me this was like this is fucking great and and i just rode the wave and i still it it never took me away from the punk and the rock and the metal yeah it took me off i didn't listen i've not listened to happy hardcore since 1998 i don't think no one has <laughs> absolutely nobody has listened to bonkers since 1999 <laughs> there must be a market for it somewhere maybe Maybe Y2K took them out, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, there's there's a family member of mine who still, or at least goes to raves and things. That's still a thing. There's a, is it? There is a thing that we are not in touch with anymore. Oh, what do you mean not in touch with? I'm in touch with the world. I'm a man of the world, love. Really? Yeah. What was, what was, what was the last rave you went to? Uh, no one goes to raves anymore. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> trust me this is something that we are disconnected from massively and I'll, I'll hopefully admit that I'm also disconnected from it but I have just always held this style of music in a really high regard Yep. and I don't know why <laughs> I'm hoping I could get it I was hoping that presenting it to yourself I would get some kind of light bulb moment. You're not the only one. I so my exposure to Aphex Twin came from my my mate Dave, one of my best mates, Dave, and he and I were like on a musical journey together in in through through high school. And I referred to him in the Muse episode because Dave was like an absolutely massive Muse head. Like, and it's through Muse I found him. Uh, sorry, it's through him I found Muse and, and stuff like that. So, you know, we used to really enjoy like the Matrix soundtrack and stuff like that. And, you know, we were on very similar paths or we were on sort of similar paths for, for a while. But Dave held Aphex Twin in very high regard and he sort of exposed me to, to Aphex Twin. But it wasn't this. It wasn't Richard Dean Anderson. It was it, it was Window Licker. And I think it's I think that's the album that follows this. And that sort of euphoric esque sort of spaced out, lots of, in my opinion, sort of. I've not gone back and listened to it. I have only listened to this album and nothing else. But from what I can remember, you know, like almost white noise esque. There's obviously the the, the the melodies and stuff there, but that that was my exposure to Aphex Twin, and I just I just didn't get it. It was too much for my little brain in probably two thousand two. 2001 2002 it was just the the imagery was fucked mm-hmm. okay like, i'm not talking i'm not talking about a man's head on a woman's body because we all seen marilyn manson do that and stuff like that and, and who gives a shit but like there was there was an aesthetic there yeah. and there was a vibe and i just it was not for me so i was like immediately repelled at that point i just didn't it didn't musically intrigue me i was like nah i'm I don't really get anything from this, and Dave was like, "Oh, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. like this. This this thing's like, you know, as in like, 
I get that like Aphex Twin was like a level of cool. Like if you liked Aphex Twin, then you know, oh yeah, you're you're not just some fucking idiot that listens to music. Like you know music. Do you know what I mean? Like almost that almost elitist level of like Yeah, I'll give I'll give it that. I'll give it I'll give it there's a there's an air of I'm I'm one upmanship on it. I can I yeah. can stomach this. You you yeah. must you you must be shit because you can't stomach this, but I can. I'm better than you. Yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Like I can live in my smugness and appreciate and tell you that I can appreciate Aphex Twin. I'm not saying Dave, my, one of my best friends, was a smug cunt for listening to, to Aphex Twin, but do you know what I mean? Like it's there was that level of of appreciation that I was like. I'm gonna go listen to Crawling by Linkin Park. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's just that's just where I was at with Aphex Twin. Like I was fully aware, f- had been fully exposed to it, and immediately recoiled. I was like, Nah, this is not. This is not something I enjoy. This is not something I pick up, and this is not something I want to continue to listen to or actively put myself in in a place where I want to listen to this. So, yeah, and that's where I stood on it for. Oh yeah. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I didn't expect you to. I didn't expect another Jimmy Eat World out with this one. Don't get me wrong. I was listening to that album this morning. Actually. Of course you were. Really yeah. <laughs> but if you, if you want to relive that episode, please do check it out. Uh, Keith Keith had a. I, I introduced Keith to a moment, but this this album, I was not expecting anything of that level. I don't know what I expected to be perfectly frank because I didn't. I I. I knew I was playing with fire by suggesting such a wacky record, shall we say? So, like, where has where has Aphex Twin taken you? Have like, have you got an uh, have have you kept an appreciation for this level of of electronica or what have you, or is it just purely an Aphex Twin appreciation? Oh, absolutely, given me a lot of it. It got me into the the journey probably ended with with discovering um artists like bonobo and boards of canada wow so that who, that who the fuck are they again just electronic artists um yeah i would say that so apex twin and square pusher they go hand in hand they sound very similar square pusher released an album about seven or eight years ago called with the x machines i think it was i can't remember what it was it was i'm sure it was like square pusher and x machines mm-hmm. where essentially he programmed a bunch of robots to play the music on like analog instruments what so it, it was like it's so fucking far removed it so was the word analog that threw me there he programmed a bunch of robots to play analog instruments so he would so an analog instrument you take a real guitar or a real guitar string yeah yeah and he programmed a robotic arm with holding a plectrum to play a certain note so you're playing something analog ultimately analog like a string which vibrates but you're mm-hmm. using digital technology to to play that note so you can hit a note on a keyboard anytime you want you press that note it sends that note directly to the speaker or your headphone whatever you get it. You get a perfect, absolutely yeah. perfect every time. Every time you press the B key, the C key, it makes exactly the right note. But when you're playing on a fretboard, there is a, a warmth in just the slight errors that can be made. And they're, they're almost imperceivable. But when you mm. do it on a, on a scale of an entire song, it just makes it sound really special and he, he made this entire so square pusher made this entire ep i need to find the exact name of it because it's going to do my head in until i find it well i'm just i've just googled square pusher there and i'm looking at him and it seems to play a lot of live bass he is a bassist like, yep yep he's uh seems to have a pretty decent six string there so like on you're, you're sort of hitting something there that also maybe just didn't really appeal to me like i didn't i didn't really care for it it wasn't a flex for me in any way because you're talking about like square pusher going to the extent of of programming a robotic arm to hit a string 
and you know and and that level of i think you i think you said tinkering like that level of engineering and tinkering and like creativity and ingenuity right to create this stuff and that's the sort of stuff that hits me about Apex twin as well like this guy's doing this stuff in 1997 when you didn't have the electronic tools that you have today so mm-hmm. i can fully appreciate someone you know being blown away by what this guy was doing in 1997 but i suppose similar to where i was with no effects like it's 2022 we've had we've had years of this stuff of people pushing like electronic music and elect- electronic cre- creativity where I'm a bit like, eh, there's just, especially on this album, I think in some of his later stuff, it gets a bit more, well, obviously he continued to create music. So the technology moves on and stuff like that. But the, I messaged you today and I said, this album is an amazing game soundtrack. Like that's what it very much sounds like to me is a mm-hmm. game soundtrack where like it's, it's short sort of creative pieces, which is obviously what music is, but it's not music that I am going to sit down and listen to and focus in on and enjoy because there's that verse that I enjoy or there's that chorus that I enjoy or there's even that hook, mm-hmm. that melody that I enjoy because to me, they're just sort of like little standalone background pieces. Okay. Yeah, I get that. That's a good analogy, I think, because you look at... I think one of the most famous ones that both me and you can appreciate is the Doom soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you've, we've both played Doom, and Doom remake the Doom twenty sixteen remake yeah. twenty sixteen. Yeah. So the way that that music is integrated into Doom really, really makes it work so well, and I think this is where you're coming from. So when you're playing Doom. When you get you enter the the room or the arena that you sorry it's, it's Bethesda Bethesda I, I, yeah what did I say you said something that wasn't Bethesda thank you thank you for that clarification you're right it was Bethesda's doom sorry so you you enter a room and there's the the, the background music's there there's something just like bubbling when you walk into a room just like atmospheric yeah. and then there's usually like a I don't know what it is, but it's a big beating fucking heart as far as I'm concerned. And you have to punch that. And then you fucking punch that. And then BFG division kicks in for like yeah. five minutes while you get absolutely annihilated by the demon spawn of hell. Yeah. And and you put them back to hell. And then that ends and it just kind of what mellows back out again to this yeah. sort of like background sort of. Like, fuck me, where did that come from? And you just that that is where I think you is a great analogy for FX20. If if this album was pushed around, remixed, built around sort of that kind of mechanic, I I could get that where you know, where you do something and then the hook happens and then the, the extreme energy moment happens. And then you pass that, and then it all like dulls down again, back to something a bit more mellow, and or just ex- where where it's encouraging you to explore or look around a bit. Yeah, I mean, when I say, I I, I don't know, maybe I, I I think the opposite of what you're saying actually. So the the Doom soundtrack is an amazing example of a modern soundtrack where it almost plays like a music album. But you're right, the way it integrates into the game and you hit those points and it changes into these absolutely balls out amazing riffs that very much appeal to us. But with Apex Twin, it's like, or for me, it's more like that 1997 game where actually you just do the level and that form, you know, you... Oh, you, you, right. Yeah, it's the opposite of what you're saying. It's like, for, for me, you know, you're going to... It's it's a five minute song but it's you know on average a three to four minute level so you're going to walk through that level you're just going to hear the song pitter on in the background and then it's done you go on to the next level you got the next song for the next level so that right it's for me listening to richard dean anderson it's very much a product of its time okay which at the time was probably totally pioneering but for me to come back and listen to it I I'll be I'll be honest. I listen to Apex Twin on a regular basis. This was not a rediscovery for me. 
there's right. not this isn't a nostalgia kick for me going back to yeah. this i've just like this is this album gets put on once a month for me it just how, always has how much are you like up to date with his more recent stuff because i can see studio albums as apex twin you had 92 94 95 richard d james in 96 mm-hmm. dirt Drucks. Drucks, which has got his most famous song on it, Avril 14th. Okay. That's a very, it's piano, beautiful piano piece. It's been used in multiple adverts and TV spots. You'd probably recognize it if you heard it. Usually I make a post on April 14th because it's Avril 14th day. After Drucks, he kind of fell off the radar a bit because he, he went and did what's called the analog bubble bath sort of stuff which was him under another pseudonym and in 2014 he released his latest album which is called Cyro that was his that was his last album yeah under the under the Aphex twin moniker but before Cyro came out sort of as like a it was a very useful sort of marketing tool what apparently appeared on the market was an unreleased album from 1996 which was titled caustic window mm-hmm. which was rejected by warp records apparently at the time and only got f- pressed five times so there's literally five copies that in existence of this album wow and how much are they going for on discogs a lot I had looked it up <laughs> just before I did it. I think it was forty-six grand. Good lord, forty-seven. Yeah, it went for da, 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 da. forty. It went for the copy was bought by Art oh, Notch. Notch, who made Minecraft, he bought a copy for forty-six thousand dollars. I'm just what, what album was Window Licker on then? It wasn't. Was it was. It, it was an. It was just a single. Um, yeah. Because around the. So after Richard D. James, there was one of his analog bubble bath ones, but then he came up with Come to Daddy. Now, the Come to Daddy EP, if you listen to the song Come to Daddy, that is his most metal song that I could say that is in existence. That, because it's it's like guitars. It's it's all electronic, but it sounds like it's like a, a, a guitar riff. But then it's got all the drum and bass and all that the the what's it called the acid no amen break that's the yeah we discussed that last week we did we did I love the amen break the so come to daddy EP has one of another one of my favorite Aphex Twin songs on it called Flim which is a very specific memory of. I had it on a on a mini disc, and I would mm-hmm. I played it when. Remember that trip around Europe I talked about once, with that I took on with my school. Yeah, sure. That song, I had that on a lot, just staring out of a window as we drove through the fucking middle of Poland and Germany, and uh, you know, on on a bus, just staring out the window, listening to Aphex Twin was just seared into my memory. Cool. But then so the, he's recently, more recently this released, was it the Collapse EP? Or was that just a single? T68 Collapse? Yeah, Collapse, the Collapse EP, which had the song T69 Collapse. And and Cheetah. I, I would, every time a song is released by him, I'll, I'll give it its time. That's cool. I'll listen to it all. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, and you mentioned Lo-Fi earlier i might have mentioned that off mic was that before we started recording sorry there's a lot of lo-fi moments in apex twin as a whole not just richard d james but apex twin as a whole has a lot of that lo-fi vibes vibes that's the word because his music's a bit more out there but if you go to selected ambient works 2 that's a lo-fi album yeah from the late 90s so i listen to lo-fi but i don't listen to lo-fi for the artists does that make sense like mm-hmm. i couldn't name a single lo-fi artist 
I thankfully to Spotify, I just put on some some lo-fi playlists and put that stuff on in the background, and I'll work away, and that I am quite happy with that, and I will I'll enjoy it. Like I've there's there's maybe a few songs I've liked, and I've I've sort of tried to follow up on them and stuff, but I still couldn't sit here to tell today and tell you, oh yeah, that's a lo-fi artist that I like. Mm. It's 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 quite peculiar in that sense for me actually, where it's it's a genre of music that I. It, comes up on my spotify end of year like i consume that much lo-fi but i consume the genre i don't consume the artists Mm -hmm. so like that's another thing for me for for this album in apex twin is like you know what on some level i do appreciate it musically but it doesn't mean anything to me that it's apex twin I suppose coming back to what I was saying earlier about you know that there being that sort of elitist appreciation of of the artist that yeah put a, put an AFX Twin song in a lo-fi playlist and I'll not even notice it's him and I'll probably enjoy it but make me listen to an AFX Twin album and I get a bit bored. <laughs> that seems hypocritical, but I definitely I was a bit like oh. <laughs> that's fair enough. Like it's. I was under. I'm under no illusion that this is. Um, it's it's not for everyone. I'll be being perfectly honest, but it's also. I mean, it can just be pretty. Some of it can be pretty grating. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and 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 say that I can listen to every single AFX Twins album or song from start to finish. There are some songs that are if the timing's wrong again if your headspace isn't in the right place that's like nope didn't want that today next there is some some of the stuff you know where it just it goes into like pure electronica for me and it goes into what is very much a computer-based sound where you know it's for me it's just all samples and like it's specifically i'm thinking about the time where like the the you almost just like blast beat a snare out of, out of mm. nowhere. Like it just goes turbo and then there's a few off time beats and stuff like that. Like that's nothing that's ever really appealed to me, okay. if I'm going to be honest. And there's obviously moments on this that, you know, that is this genre of music where that sort of stuff is is relevant. And I'm just kind of like, it doesn't, just not, doesn't knock me out. But like, Christ, go back to the Doom soundtrack we were just talking about. Like that... That as a piece of music, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely slaps, blows me away every time. Right, yeah, yeah. so I'm not really getting much out of something going, brrr, you know, on an off beat. Like it just doesn't, this doesn't do it for me. Do you know what I mean? No, and again, it's it. I think headspace is an important measure for anything that that you listen to, and if you're going to listen to it objectively, it's. You know, if, if your head's not in the in the right place, then that's not going to be the the sound or the music that you want in that moment. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and expect that. Ah, no matter no matter what time, no matter what day, no matter what's going on in your mind, that Apex Twin is the right way forward. For me, it clears my head. Right, of all good. the of all the genres, I can. If I put Lo-Fi on, and I mean when I, when I when I mention Lo-Fi now, I do mean just like a Lo-Fi playlist. Again, yeah. that's background music. I had it really low. I'll usually have it playing through my headphones while I'm listening to a lecturer talk or if I'm doing wow. something and it's just there. It's just sort of to take the silence off something. Mm-hmm. Apex Twin, I can ramp it up full volume and I can just smash out when I'm doing reports for college, coding something. I can just bash it out. It just blocks out it's if imagine i don't i don't know if i've got adhd but if i do it it <laughs> totally gives me tunnel vision and yeah. it prevents me from looking elsewhere or doing anything else it just focuses me on the task at hand Fix, fixes you in and i i've never ex- i've never experienced it with any other genre that's sick though like that's to say like, i suppose nowadays in my work you know, I suppose that there's sort of two things at the moment where I'm either listening to music to listen to music and enjoy that music, or like you say, it's background music. It's it's stuff to just to to have to take out the silence. You know, maybe help you focus a little bit. But with what I do these days as a sort of job, like I don't, 
I used to code and I could totally put music on in the background and that would help me focus on the coding, but I don't code anymore. Like my job is very much more, uh, well, for lack of a better word, utterly shit, but like administrative. Yeah. There's administrative. Thank you very much. You're fully aware of my employment background at the moment and why I'm starting a new job soon. So like, yeah, it's very much, I can't, I can't be administering things. (laughs) <laughs> I have music on in the background, so I've actually lost that sort of ability to focus on my work with, with something in the background. So that's okay. that's awesome that you have that, and it's uh, and Apex does, does that for you. Yeah, and it's frightening. At, at this album especially, because it's so short, at, at only 30-odd minutes long. Mm. 32 minutes? And you end up being... I end up getting quite a shock at how much I got done in that 32 minutes. Yeah. Because the album yeah. finishes, and I'm like, shit. Because this is one of those albums I do have on on vinyl, and vinyl I've found, uh, you know, I love it for the inconvenience. <laughs> I love, uh-huh. I love the expense and the inconvenience that comes with vinyl. Because you need to get up every fifteen minutes to to thirty minutes to change over a, a side. I love and the it, expense of it. <laughs> it's the expense and the inconvenience. That's why I, you I listen privileged to fuck. <laughs> It's not cheap. It's not fucking free. But when you've put it on and it gets you up, it gets you out of your chair to to put something else on, to change a side, to move on. You feel like you've earned the right to listen to it. Yeah, and it makes you listen to things from end to end Mm -hmm. because you don't have the convenience of just being able to, I don't like this track, skip. You, whether you like it or not, you listen to the whole album there's very rarely have i picked a, a, a vinyl out to listen to just that, that one track and i'll take that off and take that away because that's yeah. just that's just ridiculous pain in the dick total pain in the dick why would you fucking do that to yourself it's just not on you just listen to the full album so i've got richard d james and it's great for that because it's like 15 minutes aside and if you're doing something where that's time I wouldn't say time, time critical is not the word, but when you've got something that you need to do something in a, in a set amount of time, mm-hmm. probably time critical, it's great because it makes you stop and take stock and then come back and start again. And and I'm, my current journey is I'm, I'm in college, I'm learning to code. I can lose myself coding. Time becomes a complete mystery to me when I'm coding. Yeah. Like you can literally start a project and the next thing you know it's tea time. It's like I just had my breakfast. <laughs> like that's that's cool though. Like I can appreciate that. It's it's mad that it happens. So having something like Apex Twin that can hone it in with a with an album that is very focused. I think that Richard D. James is one of his more focused albums. If you listen to other albums, so his previous one that I've also got is I Care Because You Do is is great i'm not going to shit on it at all but it's got more variety on it okay and and some say variety is the spice of life but mm, sometimes it's like no i just want a bit more of what you had on the last track mate yeah have you ever had smoked paprika because that's a spice of life too much of a good thing mate (laughs) (laughs) easily overdone on the smoked paprika Ooh, it's my secret ingredient for a good chili. You can ruin it though with too much, and that's you can too you much can. of a good thing. Will will obviously uh, ruin anything. But yeah, there's there's lots of electronica that I still listen to today, and it if it's not on a lo-fi playlist, it'll be me picking through. I mentioned Bonobo there earlier. That was uh, an artist that just he just makes lovely electronic music. Much more palatable than than Apex Twin. Mm-hmm. Probably one I would recommend to yourself if you've not listened to them before. That's a that's a really good word to use here. Palatable. I personally don't find Apex Twin palatable. Fair enough. You don't like the taste of of Apex Twin coriander. Then <laughs> don't eat uh, coriander. Yeah, I don't like the taste of coriander. It's shit. No, just, just. I know. Maybe I'm just drilling this one into the ground to say that. Oh yeah, I don't really like it, Vixen. 
but like just just from what you were saying there about palatable like that's actually a very good way to put it like there's absolutely like obviously i appreciate it's it's a uh, is a very well received artist and and you know you look at some of the reviews for richard dean anderson like you know five <laughs> out of fives four out of fives like you know rolling stone gave it a four out of five pitchfork gave it an 8.4 out of 10 so i get that it's just it's just not for me like mm-hmm. you, you know pe- people people obviously like and appreciate apex twins work but yeah and i'm not calling them bad in any sense like who am i to sit here on my fucking podcast and say well oh, this guy's shit like we've, we've had this conversation before we, so, we've, we've 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 abridged we've we've bridged this one many a time yeah exactly it's just it's just never been anything that's for me but what is interesting on the track list is I'm, I'm sort of seeing and i'm like oh these well for a start the one song i did sort of sit back and be like oh actually that's that's kind of cool i can kind of i'm actually getting a bit of vibe from this i can dig this a little bit is karn marth track five karn marth okay yeah i thought that was i thought that was a pretty good little number maybe it almost sounded a bit more metally maybe i might might be talking absolute shit there not like the one i def- thought you were gonna say but yeah no karen marth sort of stood out as 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 quite a cool song but i'm you know it's got a hyperlink on, on wikipedia so i'm like oh what's this <laughs> karen marth is the name of a hill in cornwall yep all right well track seven goon gumpus also has a hyperlink goon gumpus is a hill at, and a small settlement in west cornwall <laughs> and then finally track 10 logan rock it's a village near Car- near Treen in Cornwall. <laughs> so clearly very influenced by where he grew up uh, with, with the names of some of his songs. Very much so. I love the little this little factoid. You're probably not going to like it, but the, the cover art. Mm-hmm. So it's credited to both Richard D. James and a gentleman named Johnny Clayton. Mm-hmm. Clayton didn't accept a credit for the cover he says all he did was he told Richard D or showed Richard D James how to use Photoshop and it was Richard that did all the the tweaks to his face to make it look like that sort of evil creepy smile that that he sort of exaggerates on the on the cover art and it was you know it's to interesting that a someone would sort of not accept a credit for it you know, I th- I think most artists would be like jump on the jump on the fact that no, we're going to credit you for this. You you gave me the inspiration. You you showed me what to do. But he's like, yeah, but you made it, so you take the credit for it. Yeah, it's less about him being part of the creative process. He merely, hey, have you seen this thing called Photoshop? You know, you can change a color here. You can do a thing there. You can blah 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 blah, and then from that skill set it was apex twin that created the image that you finally see so i can almost see where he's coming from like i i didn't create the image you created the image i just showed you how to create the image and how many more for for however long you wish to create images so yeah i could i could i could see the point there i can see where he's coming from but at the same time it's like just take the credit mate <laughs> like you you clearly well, you clearly did more then you realise. Yeah, you maybe think you would. No, it's, uh, it's especially on such. I mean, you know, it's not like you're not taking a credit on uh, an EP that was released by someone at some point in time. Like it is an Apex Twin album. Like there's notoriety there that you could say, "No, oh, I did an Apex Twin album," but maybe that's a double-edged sword. Well, you could be like, "Well, you didn't actually do it; he did it." So, yeah, interesting. I also like the fact that an Aphex Twin song was used in a US government anti-drug advert. That's ironic. Incredibly ironic. In in you know, it totally like or, or not, ironic's not the word. Uh just uh, there's a lack of hubris. What's the word? There's like where they just have no idea what they are using. Awareness. There's a lack of awareness. So uh, that's it. Just a total like you do know that this song is basically a, was used as a soundtrack for many a drug fueled rave and party, 
So he's referring to uh, he's referring to song four. The song four, track one off of this album, was used in a government anti-drug advertisement spot. If they had just looked at the next song, which is Cornish Acid, I'm sure they would have appreciated the context of this music. I know. <laughs> We're not saying you have to be on drugs to listen to this music, but I am going to just just I'm just going to put this out there. A little bit of a theory. I'm just going to spin it. You know, let's see what happens. Maybe it'll stick. Maybe it'll. Maybe it won't. The majority of Aphex Twins music has been listened to on drugs by people. Yeah, it's completely mad to use that kind of song. It's I I, I can't think of anything so so bonkers. I mean, I I guess it was almost as hilarious as Trump using YMCA to walk into his. And it was whatever whatever he does is, is shows or is But then Bank speeches. of America used Boy Girl Song for a Special Olympics advertisement. I've not seen these adverts, so I'm I'm not I'm not gonna play yeah, no, it. No, but like, Boy Girl is creepy as or sorry, Girl Boy is creepy as shit. It's one of my favourite songs. Ah, uh, mm, so one of my good. least one of my oh, least. That one's... And this is the thing, you are an Apex Twin fan and we are on opposites here. Like you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the the, the Girl Boy is one of your favourite songs. Oh, no, I thought it again. I thought that Finger Bib would be one of your favourites. It didn't. Nah. The only time I actually looked at my phone to be like, "Ooh, what's that?" and it was it was Karn Marth. Karn Marth. Okay. Interesting. That's a good. Well, it's a okay. good song. I can't knock the album. That's the thing. <laughs> the second time I looked at a song was Girl Boy, and I was like, "Never want to hear that again." <laughs> The one that always that actually makes me almost like the intro the to Logan Rock Witch. It's got that that mouth harp, that boing, the the dying dying dying, just absolutely kills me. It's because it just go. If I think Girl Boy song is such a, it's probably the, one of the more serious like jungle beat songs on the album. I would say. Okay. And then it then Logan Rock Witch kicks in, and it's this sort of wacky odd sounding sort of ending song i just just to totally and this is probably why i love i love the album is just the complete 180 that you can get from track to track and sometimes it's welcome and sometimes it's depending on the on the mood sometimes it's not but i just i totally dig that that's all that's the reason i listen to it it's because it's weird it's wacky and going back to sort of why I listened to metal and rock, it was the music you listen to to piss off your parents. <laughs> okay. If your parents like it, you're listening to the wrong music. Well, it's like that NoFX song, wasn't it? You know. But what's the matter with parents these days? Yeah, totally. For for liking your music. Yeah, I didn't go out my way to to have my parents dislike my music. It, it was just a product of the time, I think. You know, if what what parent does like their kids' music? Very much in the minority. I remember my mum asking for a Green Day album. Well, that's cool. And a Stained album. Oh, that's not cool. I think I bought her Stained Unplugged on DVD for Christmas once, as well. I mean, well, no props to your to your mum for props. Listen to me. Credit to your mum for uh, for ex- for for going there. It, obviously, she had a a like for for stain, so that's that's cool. <laughs> Someone had to, I guess. Exactly the fact that <laughs> you know, the fact that no one else did is irrelevant. But yeah, it's uh, you know, at least your mum didn't box herself into the music of her generation she obviously went to I also specifically remember my dad liking Crawling by Linkin Park yes I, I, I mean I'm not and I can't blame him of your father, it's, a, so. it's, a, it's a fucking banger of a song so I can't blame his, his taste absolutely amazing so uh, I w- I've just came back from a stag do I was on another stag do this weekend and we did karaoke and I and the stag did in the end. And of course, with my amazing range, I did Chester's Chester's vocal. With uh, one foot on a stool like a monitor. Oh my god. I <laughs> lived my absolute best life in that karaoke room. Like we had a private room and I I've not done karaoke 
yeah, last time I did karaoke was maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago in a local pub. You know, never actually been to like a karaoke venue before. Really? And oh. never, never done it, never done oh, it. So God. to have that private room, I lost my shit. <laughs> oh boy, I, I like was cupping the mic with one hand. I had my foot up on a stool. Like I was, if I had a cable, I would have swung the mic. I was, it was, it was really funny. And we did, I did in the end with the stag. And then I did Sugar Will Going Down by myself. Classics. Classic. Honestly, Some highlight. Highlight of the stag. So the last time I remember karaoke, mm-hmm. we were downstairs at, I think it's called The Box in Edinburgh. I can't remember its name. And yeah. we were picking all the bangers out. Yeah, as you do. And the one that my karaoke favourite is to do is the Roy Chubby Brown version of Living Alice. Next Door to Alice. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> You're so from the northeast. <laughs> I fucking hate Roy Chubby Brown. I think he's an absolute fucking tool. But well, yeah, totally. That song still gets me increases to this day. That's that, oh well, fucking hell. The stag. As soon as the as soon as the, sort of the music started going, he got after we did Lincoln Park. He then just started asking for Oasis after Oasis after Oasis. But we did we did a couple of good numbers. We did with those Backstreet Boys in there as well. There's only so many times you can do Live Forever, though, isn't there? Yeah. Did he do that one? Champagne Supernova? Oh, I, can't, I can't remember. I didn't really listen to the Oasis parts, anyway. I'm just thinking I did Frozen. Them. Oh, I did Frozen! There's a flashback! <laughs> did you do Let It Go? Yeah! Well, someone else, one of the other guys on the, on the stag pulled up Let It Go... And he started singing, and we had two microphones in the room, so I was like, can I join you? And he was like, yeah, so we both, like, duetted Let It Go. But Bless in you. my head, in my head, I was doing the, uh... oh, what's the French band that did the metal cover? Yeah, I was just thinking that. I met them. Oh, um... Betraying the Martyrs. Betraying the Martyrs, yes. If you've not heard Betraying the Martyrs, Let It Go. Oh, man, that song is, I quite like the album. The album that's on, Phantom, I think is a really good album. But Let It Go by Betraying the Martyrs is a ridiculous cover. It's so good. Man, Betraying the Martyrs is one of those funniest memories of my... Me and Gemma went to Paris in 2013. Mm-hmm. And we met up with some friends and we went to some bars. Mm-hmm. And they just sat us down next to these dudes... You saw this dude full neck tattoos and everything. It's like, oh, what do you do? He's like, oh, I play in a, I play in a, a band. It's like, I never knew this story. Yeah, I ended up getting like absolutely wasted with Betraying the Martyrs in Paris one night. Sick. And I didn't know who they were. This is 2013, so this was before the Let It Go song came out. Yeah. And we just kept cutting about well, with them. Well, just because Phantoms was 2014. They were clearly onto something. Yeah. And yeah, it was just such a weird thing, just like getting hammered. But because I didn't know who they were and I was just like, this is cool. We just had a good night, you know? That's funny. Just getting wasted with this French French metalcore band in the in the sub in the suburbs of Paris. <laughs> yeah, listeners, if you've not heard Let It Go by Between the Martyrs, definitely check it out. And check out Phantoms, it's awesome. It's completely not Aphex Twin. And so I suppose just while I'm I'm looking at this pop covers playlist I've got, I tried to get Kelly Clarkson Since You've Been Gone on. Oh, but I didn't remember. Yeah, but it didn't have Kelly Clarkson. It didn't have Since You've Been Gone. So unfortunately, I couldn't couldn't do that one. I didn't scream at any of the songs because I couldn't make any sense of what was actually going on. But that was just a really funny moment for, 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 for the stag that I was on where we just absolutely went nuts with karaoke. Bless you. Bless your heart. Well, I've got nothing else to say about FX Twin. I think I've got got my point across that I think they were just really influential and different and abrasive for the, all the right reasons for me. Okay. Uh, don't expect anyone else to be fans of them. If someone, if I do meet a fan of FX Twin, it's usually a moment. It's usually a moment of going like this as a connection and I'll use that as a as a discussion mm. point but it's very difficult to bring up in conversation yeah so obviously not a fan 
it's not converted me. It was what it was. I think it's quite cool to understand where Aphex, what Aphex Twin does for you and how you're still listening to Aphex Twin. Like it's not just a, it, it, it's not just a, a, one of those things, you know, you don't, you don't just pick it up every so often or, or, or it's not just like a sort of fond memory. Like it is still actively in your zeitgeist of listening and stuff like that. So that's cool. Thanks for bringing it to the pod. Never make me listen to it ever again. <laughs> I promise there will not be any more Aphex Twin albums. Great. That's fine. That's that's all I'm asking for. There may be more Electronica at some stage. That's okay. I've still to make you listen to Dream Theater. You mentioned having a veto this this week. That 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 upset oh, me. Oh, eat shit, man. Eat shit. You are not vetoing Dream Theater. I will veto your veto. I will I will I will spend my veto on your veto. So for the careful what you wish for is all I'm saying. Be careful what you wish for. For the listeners, this is I was struggling so much with listening to to Apex Twin that I was like, maybe we could come up maybe we could have just like a veto. We could have one veto where if you just don't want to listen to it, if you're not in on it, if you've maybe heard it before and it's not something you want to particularly, you know, explore again, just we get we get one veto a year. Obviously that's becomes a bit of a weapon. You could totally weaponize that. Exactly. But, but yeah, that's 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 where some of my headspace was. Trying to listen to Apex Twin was fucking wish I could have fucking vetoed this this is shit. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> well that's why I was like in the back of my head I was like He's got to be careful what he wishes for here, because I'll use it. Would you veto Dream Theater? You're not even the slightest bit interested. I'm not in the slightest bit interested in Dream Theater. Not even, oh. not even a teensy tiny little bit. Just as well we haven't actually agreed to veto anything. There. Correct. I was like, well, I th- I'll, I'm going to decline, or did I did I ignore? I can't remember. Yeah, you, you basically vetoed my veto. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, no, we don't get to play these games. We get given what we're given, and we live and we live with it because you never know. One day. You're going to get something that, like Jimmy World, okay, fair enough, you might not have vetoed that at the time. Sure. But still, you just never know one day. You might give me Dream Theater, and I might listen to it from end to end a couple of times and go, I'm going to give this band a chance. You never know. it's the best thing, yeah. So I'm not going to let that, I don't want to miss that opportunity. Okay, man, okay. I hear you. No vetoes. No vetoes. Deal. But yeah, what are you going to bring next week then? I've been looking at this spreadsheet this entire time and I do not know. When are we going to do um, the the lost episode? We need to talk about the lost episode, yes. We need to talk about the lost episode. For the, for the listeners that may remember, back in December we missed a week because we absolutely buggered the audio. So there's a, there's a lost episode there. Yep, yep there is. And it needs to happen again because it's an important album to discuss. Oh. Massively, massively so important. I'll, yeah. I'll pull, I'll, I'll make it happen. Let's rearrange our guest for that. What am I going to do next? I, I'm going to get back on track. Thank you. And enough, enough dilly dallying in the nineties. Let's, uh, let's get back on track. Look where, look where dilly dallying in the nineties got us. I know. I, I nearly brought in a veto. <laughs> That's where it got. <laughs> so. I'm I'm oh, I'm genuinely torn. I'm genuinely torn. There's there's a lot going on here, in in what is now 2005 for me. Oh wow, Jesus, are we out with a four already? Christ. I'm wondering. Well, that's why I brought up the lost album. I'm wondering if I could do. Yeah, I think right in that sense. I will take us to almost well to the time we're recording it. The anniversary of. Trivium's ascendancy. I think it's time we fucking got back on the the the, the road. That was a that was a big album on the journey of metalcore. Yeah, huge, huge. Bit of a turning point for me as well, musically. Mm. I was, I think I was now in my second band by this point. <laughs> so <laughs> we could talk about that. Maybe, maybe we could. I was certainly in a in a place where I'd found my rhythm for bands and finding bands. Yeah, yeah. I knew what I wanted out of music. I knew what was I was gonna like and stuff like that. And ascendancy was absolutely massive for me. 
and definitely I've had a bit of a sordid relationship with Trivium over the years so that's definitely something we can talk about oh god I can tell you I've mentioned this story on numerous occasions I can't wait to bring it up on record great great okay next week Trivium Ascendancy brilliant well if you have anything else to say about Apex Twin do reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter at EOGB Podcast. What's your thought on Apex Twin? Do you have a, have you listened to Apex Twin before? Have you never listened to Apex Twin before? And then after hearing this podcast, thought, "What the fuck are they talking about?" And went and listened to it. And then you come back and, "What the fuck are you listening to?" Let us know. That would be interesting Great. to hear. Valid questions. Um, but yeah, next week, Keith is going to be bringing us Ascendancy. By Trivium, and I'm 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 worried. Why? What if I hate it still? Oh, well, spoiler alert! Still, all right, mate. But can you hear it? Can you hear the the bullet to the head of trepidation already? Meow. I don't know what that was. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>